Blog Talk Radio. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day, happy March Madness. It is that time of the year. It's, 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 it's kind of, I don't know, interesting or scary that the, the day one of the NCAA March Madness would fall on the same day as St. Patrick's Day, which already is a heavy drinking day. And the fact that it's a Thursday, which has kind of become the new beginning of the weekend, it's it's, it's a recipe for lots of drunkenness tonight, Jim. You gonna you gonna hit the bars to watch the game? Well, I think the L.A. Times would frown on me hitting the bars when I should be <laughs> should be working. But, yeah, it's happened a few times, and it really is the perfect storm for people who love to drink. I mean, St. Patrick's Day plus the tournament, and now you have every game's on TV, and they go all day. Remember, they used to have these blocks where there'd be no games on from, like, you know, 2 yep. to 7 Pacific time. Now it's like every single one's on, so there's no excuse not to be drinking uh, the entire day. Yeah, well, I uh, it's it's funny. This is I have always, for, since I don't know freshman year in college, been so in love with the NCAA tournament. And this is really the first year. I mean, I wasn't even going to fill out a bracket until I woke up this morning and said, ah, I better just throw something together. So literally, just wait, click, 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 click. Ah, sure, Yale, why not? Oh, Michigan State, why not? And I, I you know, it's it. I, you know, I probably have a better chance of winning this year than I have any other year in the past. Well, I kind of screwed up the outsports one just for various reasons, so we don't have many people playing as in the past. And I even forgot to fill one out on the Yahoo one we have. I did one on the CBS Sports. but uh, So, yeah, it's, I was talking to somebody yesterday. He said it just has Wait. a different feel. We have two We have two this year? Oh, I, I messed up. And CBS Sports I created because I got a reminder. Turns out that was by invitation only, so unless I knew you wanted to be in, you couldn't get in. So everyone was writing me saying oh. they couldn't get into the pool. So I created a Yahoo one, but by then it was too late, and so it's kind of like it was a mess, which I kind of I apologize for. But I filled out one on <laughs> CBS Sunday. Did not, did not fill one on Yahoo. So um, I think I have Cal and Oregon in the final four. So I'm going big, big, big on the Pac-12. Cal and Oregon. I have Oregon, and oh boy, I threw Kentucky in there. I figured they have a lot of talent, and Kansas seems to be good. And I, you know, I have. I have absolutely no idea. All the experts tell me that Cal is the most talented team in the tournament in terms of pure talent outside of North Carolina. So, all right, whatever, I'll go with that. But that, I know nothing, so don't listen to me when it comes to college basketball. I think I took them. I think I took them out in the second round. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, well, we're going to be talking. Well, we're not going to be talking much about the tournament because the tournament just started. Though I got the first game right. I, Somehow picked a four seed Duke to to win its first game. I know, brilliant insight on my part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but we're gonna spend time today talking about a story that we had yesterday and that kind of seemed to explode about Tyler Dunnington, a gay former minor league baseball player in the St. Louis Cardinals organization, who talked about uh, being closeted and and having to feeling like he had to leave the sport to come out and be happy as an out gay man. He just realized to, to be happy, he just couldn't live in the closet anymore. 
so he left baseball and came out and then realized, came out in his, in his private life, his family and friends, and then realized, um, I've had nothing but support from everyone I've told. I think I might have made a mistake. So now he wants to get back into baseball. And, of course, what's interesting <laughs> is that what people picked up on and what we picked up on is, is his description of some of the language that he heard in the locker room from a coach in college and from teammates in the pros was talk about killing gay people. And, and Jim, I've had so many interesting reactions to this, one of which was, oh, he must be making this up. And, and some people, even people who are very, like straight people who are very pro-gay, assume that he just, well, he must, they must have joked about it and he took it too seriously or he couldn't have really heard this. And and I'm just kind of surprised at how many people have spoken to me, and I shouldn't say how many, like several people, are kind of in denial that, that this kind of language would exist in a baseball locker room in 2014. Oh, they're totally in denial. And even if they were, quote-unquote, joking, why would you joke about killing anybody? I mean, nobody jokes, nobody uses the N-word anymore, right? They don't joke about it in the locker right. room. You know, I mean... Again, you have I, we we have guys we played with who are African American who call each other the N word as a you know I mean it's a different vibe but no one sort of makes a joke about it, ha 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 and says you know you're being too sensitive so yeah I mean t- you know Tyler I, I I don't doubt these guys didn't mean it I mean I don't think they literally said they're going to go out and kill gay people but they sounded supportive of it and when you're gay these things are like daggers and we've had so many stories we've written where. Athletes have talked about how hearing that language, even something not as harsh as killing gay people, just calling someone a fag or, you know, queer or something, it really does sort of affect them. And so you're in this environment that seems very hostile. So I do think it shows that people assume everything's sort of gotten better, and yet on many levels, at a granular level, down in these locker room things, this kind of language still exists. So for someone like Tyler, it's like, I don't know that I could be out in this environment because you, uh, he had gave told you an anecdote about how one teammate had a gay brother, and what was the reaction of some of the other players when they heard that? Well, they said you, you you're not friends with them, right? Because you can't be friends with a gay person, and and Tyler certainly hearing that took it very seriously, and I never even occurred to me that somebody might have been joking about it. I don't know who jokes about that. It's just it's such an odd thing to joke about. I mean, you could make a, a gay, you could make a funny gay joke, but who jokes about you not being friends with your with your brother because he's gay? I, I just such an odd. And then to talk about different ways that, that gay people can be killed, I, it's just it's just been shocking to me. A couple people have said, you know, oh, we must have taken it out of con- out of context, or it must have been a joke, or. He's he's being overly sensitive, and I expect that from some of the Twitter idiots, but but not from people who are either gay or or that's just it's just bizarre. Well, I don't understand the idea of being oversensitive. That's it's one thing to to use some mild epithet that, that you're doing it in a total joking way, and everyone understands context, and no one bats an eye over it. But when you're sort of describing ways that you would kill a gay person, that's not anything that. That, that you know the most sensitive soul should be offended everyone should be offended by it and it's inappropriate and also people forget this is a workplace the locker just because it's a locker room and it's a you know it's a it's a sports team doesn't mean they aren't professionals and they're bound by the same rules as other workplaces are this would not be an acceptable 
conversation to have in an insurance office or in a teacher's lounge or anywhere else. So why people think, oh, which is a bunch of guys playing baseball, they somehow get a pass on using this kind of language and stuff. No, that's why the all the pro leagues have these, you know, these strong clauses now about the kind of stuff that you can and can't say that, you know, anti-discrimination clauses because it's the law. Um, and so, yeah, I, don't, I think that you can't give them a pass because they're baseball players, and that's sort of the nature of the sport. Well, the nature of the sport's often been real sexist, racist, homophobic over the last, you know, since it began, and we've gotten past a lot of that. So this idea that somehow you should be able to joke about gay people. Oh, gay people love when you joke about them when you've accepted them. You know, how many times have we had athletes say, I knew I was accepted when my, gay, when my straight teammates would joke about maybe my hair products or, you know, the kind of stuff people do when you know they care about you. It's screwing around. This is not screwing around. Well, and beyond that, it really, even if it is joking around, the closet a gay person hears something very different from what you intended. They don't Absolutely. hear that. Yeah, it's that's a the joke. point. Yeah, he's, not, he's closeted. Yeah, that's the point. He's closeted. He's not. He wasn't out to them. If he was out to them, and this was their way of screwing around with them. That'd be totally different. But like you said, he. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, he was closeted. Yeah, and and I you know talking to Ben Larison, who's a college baseball player, just a couple weeks ago, he talked about how. But she enjoyed joking around with the teammates. He's totally out dating another athlete at the school, and and it's it's just totally fun. So, but but this is uh, this is just a, a whole other thing. And it really is when you know it's it's and it's it is it really speaks to the importance of of not saying inappropriate things when you don't when you don't think anybody's listening because chances are somebody's listening. Yep. And you saw the reaction. I mean, I, I usually avoid Twitter stuff um, as far as reaction, but there's a great Twitter feed, Baseball's Best Fans St. Louis, and they compiled all these things they found on Facebook and Twitter from Cardinals fans telling them to toughen up Cookie and, you know, what a whiner and what a baby. And there was enough of it that I thought it became a, you know, was worth a story. And there was a really long reply unfortunately is all one paragraph so it's a glob of text by a gay st louis cardinal baseball fan who basically said yep sounds like my city unfortunately you know this is this is the way we roll here and you know just this idea that as, as they, people would find themselves excusing that like just to me is like really um so yeah and, and sort of the irony of course is cardinal fans are disliked by pretty much every other fan base because they proclaim themselves as being baseball's best fans and here they here's how they react to what should be a pretty serious story well, somebody who knows Cardinals fans intimately is Benjamin Hockman, who's a uh, columnist for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and he's on the line with us. Ben, what, from your perspective, you know, some people say, oh, I'm not surprised, this is, you know, this is the Cardinals, and obviously, you know, we don't at Outsports think that this is somehow isolated to the Cardinals, but are you surprised that this would happen with the Cardinals organization and, and that some of the fans would react pretty insensitively about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to know sports fans over my uh, 15 years as a professional sports writer, and I, I think just sports fans in general are, are pretty nasty. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, this would or wouldn't happen if it was uh, any other organization. Um, the Cardinals fans, yeah, they get painted with that brush of uh, best fans in baseball, so everyone takes shots at them uh, when they when they show as otherwise. And uh, clearly yesterday wasn't a banner day for the city of St. Louis and, and, and some of the fans saying some pretty hurtful, uh, dumb stuff. 
uh, in regards to this pretty sensitive news story. Yeah, Benjamin, this is Jim. I loved uh, loved your stuff at the Denver Post. I used to read it all the time because I'm a Bronco fan. So, and I oh, read cool. your column you posted last night about this. What has been the reaction? I mean, was this a big story in St. Louis yesterday, or sort of a medium story from a sports angle? Well, that's a good question. I host a sports talk show here in St. Louis, and, and it was a major topic. It was the lead topic uh, on our show um, for for the majority of two hours. It, it, it was a main story around town because. It involved the Cardinals, and, and really, if, if a Cardinal sneezes three times in a row, that's in the newspaper in St. Louis. That's how popular they are, um, let alone something that, that flashes politics into it. And in a Twitter world, and in a, I hate to say it, in a Trump world, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, vigorous people out there and, and a lot of emotion. And like I mentioned in the in the piece, I mean, you're seeing everything from uh, how awful it I use the word awful, how awful it was what the pitcher had to go through to how awful the pitcher is because he's gay, which makes my stomach turn to even hear, but people were tweeting things like that. People were uh, were saying things like that. And it, it, if anything, though, I, I hope that the, the day could have been a teaching, teachable moment for, for the city of St. Louis. And, you know, people aren't going to snap the fingers, uh, change the way they, they think uh, about any political issue or anything like that, but it, it's my my job. Uh, I take it very seriously, and you mentioned I was in Denver before that. I'd write many pieces about uh, gay awareness, gay approval in sports and through fans, and just trying to get people to slowly rethink and challenge themselves to rethink, and, and hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, it won't be a, uh, so much negative, there won't be so much negative uh, attached to it. Well, you, you you talk about what you're trying to do to help raise awareness, and baseball and, and all the pro sports have been doing the same thing, trying to raise awareness and make people aware. And yeah. and I, I other than other than and you hit the nail on the head, you know, would would this language have happened if somebody was out? Other than somebody coming out and really bringing a face to into the locker room onto the team about this issue. Is there anything that you've seen or heard that actually works? I mean, you know, there's. Because I know a college, I know a high school basketball player. I mean, high school basketball coach who's gay, and he even catches his players sometimes using anti-gay language. And 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 I'm kind of at a loss. You can do all these trainings, and you can make people aware of the issue, and you can tell them what language is wrong. But at what could really break through to these athletes to get them to stop making the locker room such an uh, inhospitable place for closeted gay people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on a, um, a fiction book, and the idea, the premise of the book is there, there is a, a LeBron James-type player who's in, in basketball who the nation falls for. Uh, he becomes, if you will, the next LeBron, the next Michael Jordan. Uh, and then halfway through the book, uh, it he reveals that he is gay, and he's pretty cool about it. And he, he he's like, I'm still me, and you should like. Why don't you like me anymore? I'm still the same guy, scoring all the points, making all the slam dunks, etc. And uh, I, 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 what I'm getting at is, I think it, I hate to say it, but I, I think when when a major name comes out of the closet and says, "You loved me yesterday when I won the Super Bowl," and I assume you would still love me today, even though you found out. I, the athlete, have a boyfriend instead of a girlfriend. Um, I mean, and hopefully that happens 
uh, in the next couple of years. I mean, uh, pioneers like Michael Sam and, and Jason Collins uh, from, from the uh, football basketball standpoint, uh, I mean, hopefully they're, they're slowly opening the doors so, when, so any player can come out, let alone uh, a, tr- a transcendent player, a name that we know. Well, back on that, back on the theoretical, if if a Cardinal came out, like a, a, the, the baseball version, not the football version, um, yeah. I mean, one would assume that the team would be okay with it. I mean, I'm just, I'm hoping, maybe I'm being stupid about it, but the organization said they take this whole thing seriously. Do you think the fans would come around quickly if this guy hits a three-run home run on the bottom of the ninth to beat the Cubs? I mean, all of a sudden, uh, he's the gay player, but uh, he's a gay Cardinal? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I definitely think the city would would embrace a gay player. Uh, I think maybe if that player started doing poorly, um, and I hate to say it, but you know, similarly to when African American players uh, broke through in baseball in the 1940s and the 50s, you know, uh, the fans started. It was, a, it was a huge seminal moment in our country's history, not just sports history, uh, because people started rooting and cheering for African Americans. But I would assume, unfortunately, that when one guy started um, slumping, uh, maybe uh, some slurs and such came out in reference to that player that might not have come out to a, uh, a Caucasian player going through the same slump. So I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, and, and I can if or hopefully when a Cardinals player on the big team comes out, uh, the city will embrace him because he plays hard for the Cardinals and cares about the Cardinals. But then I just worry about, you know, I mean, there's always a, a, a small group of jerks out there. There will always be jerks. And the problem in a Twitter world is they have a louder voice than they used to have. And, uh, you know, in a comment section world. And uh, that's what's thing. So, yeah, I'm rambling there. But, yeah, I, I assume that the city of would embrace a star Cardinal player. But I worry that if that player struggled or that player made a big mistake, that people wouldn't, would, would somehow connect his, unfairly connect his sexuality to some sort of negative thing. Have you heard what the Cardinals are actually doing? Uh, we've, we've, they've said that they're taking this seriously, but what are they actually doing about it? I, I know they have not reached out to the player, so they haven't yet tried to talk to him and, and, and see what happens or find names or anything like that. So if they're not talking to the person who's making the, uh, who's making the claims, what are they doing? Man, that's that's interesting to me. I uh, I, I saw that in, in one article that Major League Baseball had reached out to the player. I would hope for sure that the Cardinals reached out to him. That that is news to me to hear that they they haven't yet. And I think you make a good point. I mean, um, I think what's sad is things kind of go in and out of the news cycle. This was the biggest story ever yesterday. Today with March Madness and, and stuff going on, a lot of people around the country just kind of forgot about the news story. But the reality is. This isn't just a daily story. This is a, 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 an ongoing thing, not just in the Cardinal clubhouse, but in a lot of clubhouses and locker rooms and dressing rooms across professional sports. And how can these teams, which is, I guess, the theme of our conversation here, how can these teams truly make a difference to, A, be nicer, more comfortable in that environment? And and I, I don't have a, a clear answer. I'm, not in, I'm in St. Louis now. I'm not with the team in Florida right now, so I, I haven't been able to talk to a lot of people in person. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but I do think it's important that John Mozeliak, the general manager, has been in touch with Billy Bean. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what will come from that. Um, and, and, but I hope that the fact that Billy has this important man's ear 
uh, is important for, for this going forward. It would, it would seem to me that at the very least they ought to, you know, the general manager needs to, needs to get a hold of Tyler and have a, you know, basically, hey, we saw, at least we're sorry this happened to you. I mean, if they, if they don't do anything, right. if they simply leave it up to Billy Bean to sort of take it, that's kind of evading their responsibility. I mean, he was a member of the organization, and the stuff that happened to him happened, you know, that they're, they're responsible in a sense for the conduct of the organization. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, do you think this is going to be something that is going to be pursued by people like you in the media, or do you think this is going to be a week, you know, a week from now we're all going to forget about it and, you know, nothing really is going to ever happen? No, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm speaking just for myself. I can't really speak for other journalists in St. Louis, but for me this is not a, a 24-hour uh, news bite type of issue. This is an ongoing theme, uh, and maybe we've just really uh, scratched the surface, if you will, the tip of the iceberg, whatever, whatever cliche to use, to describe the bigness of this story and, and the overarching themes. And, and uh, I, for one, uh, I, I emailed Tyler uh, and Facebook friended him yesterday. I haven't heard back from him yet, but I look forward to having an opportunity to talk to him and, and uh, uh, piggyback on the reporting that Sid did uh, for out sports because I think it's a very important story. And, and it did surprise me what you just said there, that the general manager hasn't talked to him yet. And uh, I can't imagine him not. I, I I would assume. I mean, I will look into this, and I'll mention it to our beat writer Derek Gould. But yeah, that, that's a very important step in this whole process because Tyler was there, and he can he, he can say everything to the gentleman. He can say how it goes, how things went down, uh, and and a lot can be learned from Tyler's experiences. Well, I know you know talking to him last night. Uh, you know, we we always warn athletes we write about. Um, that that they're going to get overwhelmed with the response, and and essentially they don't believe us. And, and <laughs> Tyler uh, was shocked at what unfolded yesterday with literally hundreds and hundreds of Facebook requests and many many hundreds of emails and text messages and phone calls. And so he, I know that he is not able to respond to everybody yet. Right, and doesn't right, even right. know what what to do with it. So um, I don't I don't know when you'll hear from him, but hopefully you will at some point. But one of the things yeah. that he the only thing that he was upset about yesterday was that uh, you know in the in the headline it, it almost made it seem like it was just these these couple of comments that made him quit baseball, but that it was really was something bigger it was really the environment right. in the locker room and it wasn't and you know i assured him that i think people understood that that these are just e- examples but uh you know it, it there is more to it than just you know who said this at this time it, it is a bigger issue of environment oh yeah and, uh, and we saw it in sports uh two football seasons ago when the news came out that a uh richie incognito was bullying a um, a teammate, and I think a lot of the you know the Neanderthal sports fans uh, were, would say like, well, how can a three hundred pound man be bullied, you know, or you know something like that? Like, why didn't he just punch him in the face? He's really strong too. And and it's obviously it's a naive way to look at it. And and bullying uh, was something that was a word not really used in professional sports or even in professional sports reporting. But after that uh, news story came out, uh, a lot of us were able to to shed light on it. And, and, and again, for me, like as a columnist, goals is to hopefully 
again, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to make myself sound bigger than I am. I can only do it in my little way, but hopefully educate uh, the readers of, of these columns and say, hey, this is an issue in the NFL. Well, it's also an issue at your local high school where your kids go. And maybe it's your son that is bullying, or maybe it is your son uh, that's being bullied. And uh, and no one no one needs – it's not fair. It, it, it should not happen. And if it is happening, uh, we, we should shine a spotlight on it and, and make sure someone can feel uh, more comfortable in a sports environment. Of course, Micah Porter, uh, the great coach, uh, track and field coach in Colorado, who I got to know when I was in Denver. And, of course, you guys have reported on him coming out of the closet. And I was able to interview him for my call yesterday. And he just has some really powerful quotes about the importance of being part of a team uh, from a high school level, really any level, and just and what – looking out for another teammate means and how that enhances an entire team. It was really beautiful stuff, and it really uh, it really defined what being a teammate was all about. And there's also, I think we'd mentioned it before you came on, about the idea that this is also a workplace issue. I mean, just because they're minor league baseball players, they're also professionals, and they have workplace rules, and it's the kind of conduct the kind of conduct you, you, know, you, you don't want to see in any workplaces where someone feels that they are under siege at some level, and I think that's what Tyler felt. You know, it wasn't just a couple of people making comments about killing gay people. It was simply the whole atmosphere, and I think that's a thing that more has to change than anything else is simply, you know, what's the workplace environment the St. Louis Cardinals are going to set at the professional level and at the minor league level? Exactly, and and you look at a situation like what Tyler was going through, you would hope, and I mentioned this in my piece, you would hope that in a utopian world, Tyler would have felt, comfortable to go to his manager or some of the coaches and tell him what's going on and, and admit to them in private and in confidence. But who will we just tell someone to come out of the closet to their boss? I mean, that's the biggest thing ever for somebody. So I, 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 as, I, as I'm saying this out loud, I obviously understand the trickiness of the whole thing. But my, my point is you would hope that the ball player is in an environment where he, where the coach and managers and what have you make it so the player feels welcome to talk to them about issues like locker room hazing, bullying, and, and, and slurs being said. Uh, for whatever reason, unfortunately, uh, the Cardinals minor league uh, team did not offer that for Tyler. Or, to be honest, Tyler was like, I don't, I don't want to risk anything. I don't want. It's already hard enough to make a team. Uh, I don't want to tell them that I'm gay, even though I'm confidently gay, and then have them say, well, it's down to Tyler or one other guy. Well, we'd rather not have the gay guy in the clubhouse. Let's go with the other guy. So, I mean, surely that played or probably played into his head too. And it's just unfair that Tyler uh, had to be in this situation to begin with. Well, it is unfair, but we, you know, I understand it. We folk may talk about sports in this conversation, but from the day we are born, we are told in this culture that you're straight. And and everything you see is an assumption of straightness. To just everything from the media to, to sports, conversation, what you images you see on television, uh, your parents, yeah, your friends, your teachers, every, everything points to your straight. And so to we could talk about locker room conversations and what have you, but when you're born and as soon as you are born, you are told your one thing. It's not so easy to be something else. Exactly. Exactly. That's really well said. And Tia is like 
neither gay in, in my head, nothing should be air quotes different. You know, we're saying like, oh, he's someone might say, oh, he's gay, so he's different than the rest of us. No, there's there's not one size one. It just is what it is. Gay, straight, bi, whatever whatever the whatever it is, and that's that. It shouldn't have a negative connotation. And like you said, unfortunately, frustratingly in our society, uh, it's as if straight is regular, and then they say, so if you're not regular, you're different or you're not normal, and it, it really can be infuriating uh, on so many levels. Yeah, and that's where the team has to try to set the environment that maybe a player will be comfortable at least coming out to the manager or something, you know, to have someone he can kind of talk to. I mean, I know that's a little bit of a pie-in-the-sky thing, but I think that's that's one of the goals is you want to, if Tyler maybe knew he had someone he could maybe trust, he may he may have yeah. felt differently about it, but he felt isolated. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned Micah Porter earlier, the, the track and field coach at the high school level in Colorado. He was saying to me last night that, one of his biggest regrets was, uh, for whatever reason, he didn't come out of the closet when he himself was a high school athlete. And what caught my ear was he said, I think I would have had a whole other level of confidence if I, if I Micah, could have been an out-of-the-closet uh, athlete. I could have been who I am and not have to worry about other things. He said it could have led to more confidence, which would have led potentially to more success and more happiness. Well, well uh we appreciate you joining us, Benjamin Hawk from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Check out his column. We'll link to it on Twitter. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll certainly continue the conversation next week. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work.